Hey everyone, it's Caleb from Two Dads at Night Podcast. You can reach us at social media at Instagram, Two Dads at Night Podcast, the number two dads at sign N I T E podcast, or Twitter, Two Dads underscore at underscore night N I T E, or you can send us topic suggestions or listener mail to our Gmail account, the number Two Dads at Night N I T E at gmail.com. All right, let's go. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode. This is going to be part two of Michael Rockefeller. Yeah. The, f- the conspiracy part. The conspiracy. Why we're here. Right. This is what we do. This is why we do it. But before we begin, we always check in. So, Jake, how was last week? That was that was nice. That was nice. You yeah, that, that was riff? good. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Uh, the week was... I mean, a week at work was fine. The mm-hmm. weekend was was busy. Um, <clears throat> I don't remember what we did Friday, but I'm pretty sure we did something. But Saturday, I um, volunteered with my wife, Alex, and the rest of the family at the museum. And we did a thing called Hops and Props where a bunch of local brewers will come down and set up near their planes. Oh. Yeah, and people, it's a taste test, so you can taste uh, the beer, and then at the end, they hand out the award for, like, best IPA and stuff like that. That's pretty cool. I don't know if that's a thing. I'm pretty sure it is. Maybe. Um, <laughs> but We're declaring a Two Dads Award. Yes. Um, Even though I don't drink. I, I don't either. <laughs> but uh, but it was fun. Uh, my, my stepdad and I, Paul, uh, we set up this RV, and um, it's just a... VR headset. Uh-huh, yeah. And the rig we have going is play, a bunch of PlayStations, but we have Ace Combat. Oh, uh, yeah. 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 I and, have it on my desktop. Yeah. Yeah. And so... What? The mic was falling. Yeah. Uh, so... <laughs> it's a slow fall. <laughs> we have it set up to do uh, F-18 carrier launches, and then you fly a mission, and then if you go past that mission, you can land. So that was a lot of fun. That's pretty much what I do... Any event is going to be RV or set up shop next to the OB-10 and talk about that plane. Yeah. That's um, pretty cool. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And then that night, I probably stayed up a little bit too late playing games with the boys. Uh, um, Josh and Chris? Josh and Chris. Really? It's like the first time. It's been forever. I know. We yeah. need to get a game. Yeah, I haven't jumped in. Sessions going again. Yeah, it's been a long time for yeah. me. Yeah. Uh, we played Destiny. That's a fun game. Awesome. Yeah. Um, and then Sunday was just a regular Sunday. Yeah. Pretty much. Nice. What about you? Well, tell us about, about your trip. Yeah. So we, my wife and I, Aaron, we went to Universal Studios in Orlando um, from Wednesday night till Sunday morning. Uh, this, you know, we got to DFW. That's our local airport right here, 10 minutes from the house. 
we had dinner there, and our flight got delayed because of the weather that we were having. Um, so we landed in uh, MCO Airport. I don't know what the MC stands for, but it's Orlando Airport. Mic Control. Mic Control Airport. Um, around mid, a little after midnight, twelve twenty-three. Um, so we landed. We uh, got all. It took us forever to figure out where the bags were. They have a million. They have three different levels and not very helpful. Like the flight attendants didn't announce where our baggage claim would be. It got moved because of the weather and the delays. Everything was getting moved around. Anyways, we got our bags, got the Uber, got to our air or got to our resort a little after two, went upstairs. I think we got some snacks from the vending machine on the way to the room and laid down, got up. And then, yeah, so we just enjoyed three days at Universal, at Universal Studios and Island of Adventure. We rode all the rides multiple times. The best roller coasters I've ever experienced in my life. Really? Yes, by far. Velocicoaster, 10 out of 10. Hagrid's Ride, 10 out of 10. The Mummy, 9 out of 10. Very good. Under, like, like, super surprised on that ride. Then, obviously, Harry Potter, Green Gots was awesome hogsmeade was cool did you get one of those beer butter things? beers yeah. yeah yeah which is just basically like a a sweet drink there's no it's not alcoholic but yeah i drank my weight in butter beer while <laughs> i was there it was un- unavoidable it was so delicious all the all the studios were amazing to see just how they build everything and like the way you're immersed in each different ride it's it's not a boring line at all like they always have like side shows going on inside of the line that you can you know, kind of be a part of and just watch or they got a lot of interactive things throughout the whole line. So it was actually a perfect time to go. It was before school let out and then also after their spring break. So the lines weren't bad at all. Oh man, they haven't gone to spring break yet? No, it was after their spring break. After, okay. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, um, sorry. No, you're good. We, um, the lines, so Thursday, Friday were not bad at all. I think the longest we, the longest way we had was about 45 minutes for Hagrid's because that, it's just super popular, but um, the lines just move the whole the whole time you're actually moving. Like very little time standing. Like maybe the longest time we actually stood in one spot five minutes at most. Other than that, you're just shuffling. Like you're going. They're that's, really efficient. It's amazing. That's awesome. Yeah. And Beat Saturday. Six Flags. Yeah. Never <laughs> going to Six Flags again. Knock on wood. I mean, I don't know, but I, there's no point to go to Six Flags now. You go to some place. It was another thing too. It's a cleanliness. They are huge on like wiping everything down. Um, bathrooms people are constantly sweeping in the roadways or walkways um because hollywood studios like it's legit like looks like movie sets it's awesome and like it's like legit you can fit cars and everything on the roadways or walkways um yeah i just couldn't get over how clean it was and how efficient everything worked like the lines constantly moving they want everybody to you know enjoy it to the fullest and they for sure do that and it was reasonable price wise like the food wasn't just outrageous like the drinks were like if you were to get like soda or alcohol yeah it's crazy price but like food wise like we we made out like we normally would just eating around here so we split things you know like we would normally do um so it wasn't like you know like i'm gonna eat this scrap while you (laughs) eat that scrap for a hundred dollars like no we got full-on meals for about 40 bucks so and we both got entrees stuff like that it was awesome it's 10 out of 10 trip, loved it. It's nice just me and Aaron to go and 
just have some time together and just enjoy a nice, fun uh, adventure, really, because there's just so much to do while you're there. That's true. Yeah. Seeing all the different characters, too, and Marvel was awesome. Seeing, like... Oh, that's right. There. Just all the shops. Oh, so cool. That's so cool. Road to, the Spider-Man ride was amazing. So cool. But the I can't emphasize the Mummy ride enough. Like, if you go to Universal... You have to ride the mummy ride. It is so underrated. And the men in black, the men in black one was cool too because you actually get to like shoot aliens. It's kind of like you remember the. It's about. It's based off the first movie. Yeah. So you remember in the first one where uh, Will Smith is going through like the training, in, like the first like forty minutes of the movie, and you have to shoot aliens and stuff like that. So that's what you're doing in the ride. That's cool. Um, and yeah, I don't want to spoil the mummy. It's just good. You got to ride it. It's awesome. But Velocicoaster. Best ride I've ever ridden in my life. Is it based off of the old movies or the new ones? The new ones. The new ones. So the the Chris Pratt ones, like with blue and yep, yep, yep. Gosh, (laughs) it is amazing. Such a fun trip, Uh, and it it felt like like we were able to we were totally able to do everything we wanted. Like it wasn't rushed. Like Like maybe Thursday I felt a little rushed, but once we settled into a groove, I mean we were just hitting rides and enjoying actually getting to stop and look at things and not have to worry about like, Oh, I'm not going to make it to wherever. Cause like they just, it's so, I can't get over how efficient it was. Like every, like the lines just moved so amazingly. Like, oh. the, I think that was my biggest fear when Alex and I went to, um, to Scotland was that there would, I would have this. Cause I mean, that was, I am well aware it's going to be a once in a lifetime thing. Like I right. probably never will go back. Yeah. And I was terrified that there was going to be something that I didn't see or something she didn't see that we all wanted to, we both wanted to, to go. But luckily that, that didn't happen. Yeah. Yeah. I definitely want to go back with like friends. It'd be, be <clears throat> oh, an awesome be, trip. Yeah. Maybe when Titus is um, older so he can enjoy it. Cause a lot of the rides were minimum 42 inches. And so really maybe when he's five, six, that might make sense um, to take him right now. It just kind of be like, a big cost just to watch him sit so right and not ride anything some stranger watching while you ride the ride yeah so that was another thing too they had a kid swap section so you could parents could go through the line the one parent could ride while the other one watched the kid at the front of the line in a different section and then you swap and that parent just goes oh, they stay in the front and they just get right on yeah so it's that's a really cool spot that's a good idea it's, it's almost at each ride too i wow. believe so or basically it is at each ride that's smart yeah and riding the hogwarts express was amazing yeah, we wrote on saturday we wrote it like literally like five times just because it, was, it wasn't that packed which was crazy on a saturday it really wasn't that bad that's nuts. that was the only day we had express and it actually came in handy quite a bit like you know some of the especially velocicoaster got up to over an hour wait time I mean, it is interactive, but having the express was amazing. Like we might have waited fifteen minutes. Wow! And like people without are just watching us walk by. <laughs> oh, but they man. make you they make you pay for it though, because it's more expensive than a normal ticket, and you have to pay yeah. per person. So the yeah. normal ticket price is already crazy. But overall, cost was awesome. Like everything rolled into one was really not bad. Uh, but yeah, this was a cool. super fun trip. I'm and good. getting to and from the airport was super simple. Just got Ubers. That was another too. I don't. I've never Ubered on my own or just with Aaron. So I downloaded the app for the first time, and like you can schedule pre-schedule rides. So I, I mean, I had the guy there right at four forty in the morning when we needed to get to the airport. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, the airport was crazy too. I watched the lady get kicked out of line. That was pretty wild. Like TSA. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's... The full the full nine. It was crazy. Whole and nine I, yards. I, awesome. I looked it up. Is uh, MCO is McCoy Air Force Base. 
where oh they built on top of it. Okay, so McCoy Air Force Base in Orlando, I guess. Yeah, so in, it, yeah, Orlando is now where McCoy was. Oh, okay, okay, cool. But yeah, but that that's awesome. It's awesome. It's it was great. Poor lady. No, no. I'll tell you I'll, off the show. It won't okay. take too long because it's it's pretty funny. Okay. Yeah, she made a ruckus. Oh, and they and they made her leave. It was awesome. I I love those. But yeah, okay. So like we mentioned, we're jumping yes. back into <laughs> part two of Michael Rockefeller and famously forgotten our a new segment series. Yeah, well, true. It's a new series. Um, so the last one we kind of went over just the facts <clears throat> about Michael's life, where he was from, New York. His dad was a governor of New York. Graduated from Harvard in '61. Then a few months after that, went on to. New Guinea and the surrounding islands and was uh, studying and collecting artwork for his parents' museums that they had going on. Mm-hmm. Um, he was a capable swimmer. Yep. He played he was football. Was it football? I think so. At Harvard. Yeah. And, and in high school, was in the Army. He was athletic. Very athletic guy. Um, knew his limits. Mm-hmm. Knew his limits. That- and went missing. And went missing. And that's where we jump back in. So fast forward, here we are. Wow, that was, that was another good one. All right. And you're full of good ones tonight. <laughs> I'm amped up. You are. I'm amped. All right. I mowed my grass earlier. I'm amped right now, dude. I was wondering. It looks really good. Oh, yeah. I'm letting the front grow up. Grow I heard... up some more, but the back is tender. It looks good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I would check the weather. Apparently, we're supposed to get storms tomorrow, so you did a... Hallelujah. Right on time. Yeah. Anyways, all right. Yep. Back Michael Rockefeller. <laughs> so let's jump into so this episode's gonna be more toward the conspiracy. The conspiracy sides of how he actually disappeared. Yeah. And there's several different theories. And each one is very interesting. Yeah. So, so let's jump in. Yeah. Which one do you want to dive into first? No pun intended. Uh-huh. You just go and I'll riff off of it. Okay. So uh the first being is the I say natural, but the the animal side of of him disappearing. So like crocodile, shark, in the uh, sea, yeah, in, in the sea. Uh, you had the venomous snakes out in the jungle that he's could be decomposing. You know, in a jungle right. somewhere. Um, that one, I'm not going to say doesn't make sense. Right, definitely plausible. It's definitely considering how far he swam. It, yeah, twelve nautical miles is <laughs> yeah. nuts. Uh, that's a lot of open ocean. And it is open, like he's. He, yeah, I'm sure he currents, can see. Yeah, there's currents. There's wind, like the, when that's the thing too that I've I'm I'm very curious about is the current was strong enough to sweep the boat and capsize it, yet it's not strong enough to yank two dudes hanging on the boat out of it out of it and into yeah. sea. Um, I mean they they travel across the water pretty quick. Storms do. So they maybe. do. That's true. That's yeah. true. Um, I just think that was. Odd. Um, and then I also did look up. So during the Second World War, there were quite a few battles, um, naval battles that occurred just in the area of the Pacific, uh, which anytime there's a shipwreck or a ship sink, like the USS Indianapolis on its way um, from delivering the nuclear bomb, um, it sank and most of the crew actually survived the attack from the Japanese sub. It was the sharks that killed them. Oof. And yeah. like, I, it's something crazy, like less than 10% of the original crew made it out. Right. Everyone else was killed by sharks. Oof. And 
it's in the it's not close to Papua New Guinea, but it is in the general area of Papua New Guinea. So there's yeah, the definitely shark. Yeah, there's yeah. regions. Um, and that's the other kind of curious thing because it never really went into it. At least the the Dutch because he's the partner was Dutch. Right, Renee Vossing. Yes. Yeah. Um, he never really talked about the condition of Michael Rockefeller, whether he was bleeding, whether he was bleeding the... Oh, Renee. yeah, from being capsized. Yeah. Right, exactly. Like, if it was a violent caps, you know... A violent, hit in the head. Yeah, anything. Any type of injury. Right. And if there's a drop of blood in the water, sharks will know. Right. Uh, crocodiles will know. Right. <laughs> so that also leads to the whole, maybe a shark got him. Um, yeah. And that, if I remember right, that was actually one of the big arguments that he drowned was that the two canisters that he tied to his waist to keep buoyant were found in sea, but his body was missing. Correct. So I would like to see those canisters. <laughs> are right. there bite marks on it? Like, are there? Yeah. Is, the, is there evidence that it was? However, he fastened it came apart, exactly. like the rope or straps or whatever. Yep. Yeah. And then obviously the saltwater crocodiles. If you haven't seen one, they're massive. They're huge. oh my goodness. Yeah. Definitely like 15 plus feet, I bet. Oh, yeah. And the thing with... I need to consult Steve Irwin's videos and we can... All right. Too soon. Sorry. Too soon. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> uh, Crikey. Cry <clears throat> His son looks just like him. Yeah, it sounds just like him too. He does. It's amazing. It really is. Same enthusiasm. But... Same, um, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, what's nuts about crocodiles and bull sharks uh, specifically is that they can swim in brackish waters. So even if you're in a freshwater river, if it's close enough to the salt water that it's mixing, yeah, they can, can still, still survive. Right. And like I remember there's stories in the Mississippi of kids going missing because a bull shark ate them, not because of Whoa, anything I didn't else. know that. That's crazy. Yeah, it's it's not and they swim depending on which part of the Mississippi River, it's disgusting, so you could probably die of a lot of things. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Bacteria. Yeah. Um but I mean the whole crocodile that could definitely be Right, two very very possible situations. So, yeah. speaking more toward those two, the sharks most commonly in that region where Michael was are hammerheads, which are, for the most part, dormant. Like they don't really attack. They don't. There's like almost zero records of them attacking humans. When it's it, hammerheads are interesting in that they hunt. They got packs. a hammer. Well, they, yeah. <laughs> they have hammer and nail. Got some weird eyes. Um, they they typically are in packs, especially mm -hmm. depending. Massive. They're Big huge, packs. especially the Great Barrier Reef mm -hmm. hammerheads. They're massive, um, but their mouth is under their head. Right. And it's not. I, most sharks. I mean, yes, it's under typically the the, the eyes. eyelids. Yeah. However, hammerhead, it's under and a bit rear. It's a bit back. Right. From where the uh, the snout. It's got to tilt up quite a bit to get to get to go upward and. Strike at something, right? Exactly. Um, there are great whites. That could be a very real possibility, but I don't know. I have a feeling that if that were the case, and he was attacked from underneath the way a great white would normally attack, there would be signs on the canister. Right. Yeah. That that was another thing too. When they found the canister, they are like a lot of people were, you know, saying like, okay, well, since we found the canister, they just assumed he drowned or was right. eaten. But. The fact that they were finding them, I guess, still intact kind of speaks to how the next part of that he actually did make it. Yep. Because since hammerheads aren't known for attacking individuals, and there's very little records about it, and also saltwater crocodiles are, 
you know, according to records, they eat and just kind of leave a wake of death around them. So they don't, yeah, they yeah, don't, they don't straight really... up clean up their plate. Right. They're just chomping and moving. So you, they, hopefully they would have been able to find some trace of Michael. So that was the hope that his family had that he did actually make it. Like it wasn't just drowning or circumstance of food chain mm-hmm. <laughs> being devoured. Personally, I think he made it ashore. I think he saw the shoreline, realized how tired he was, and that the the canisters were weighing him down at that point. So he, he decided to get rid of He them. cut loose and then rode the current, rode the waves, and, and didn't have to paddle as hard because you would just yeah. essentially bodyboard Yeah, body yourself. surf. Yeah. yeah. Hey, I body surf, baby. Yeah, I would if I swam 12 nautical miles. <laughs> Do anything. Best believe. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's what happened is that he, he did make it ashore. And that's when things get really interesting. Yeah, they take crazy different turns. They really do. So, um, speaking more to the animal side, the, the island or that area region is known for a different type of venomous snakes. Yep, napalm. So you could have... Let's um, say you get rid of <laughs> napalm. those. So, <laughs> I, I don't remember the, the stats about how many snakes there are per person, but I know they outweigh... Well, then I guess we've moved to from napalm to nukes. Yeah. Just, so, just call the island a loss. And, like, sorry, wrap it up. Yep. Imminent domain. Sorry, you got to move. Right. Got a new Papua New Guinea. So a lot of theory to go, or there are theories that yeah, he did make it ashore, just because they found the canister. People outruled like, well, that doesn't mean he died. So right, let's talk about him making it to shore. What could happen there? So part of me thinks if he made it to shore, he would be. He's already familiar with the area. Right. He spent six months. Yep. Living with the Asmats. And you. If you spend six months in a snake-infested area with people who've spent their entire lives in a snake-infested area, you would think there would be some tips, tips and trip, trips, or tips and tricks of the yeah. trade to know these are areas you need to stay away from versus right. this is a footpath you can walk it. Now you're always gonna—I mean, I could walk it into a rattlesnake, you know, outside our house, but. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling that he was keenly aware that there were animals in the jungle, even apart from snakes, that wanted to to kill him. Right. At least consider him food. Right, exactly. And that there were ways to navigate where you didn't have that much of an issue. Right. I mean, you can hang on the shoreline and walk. And who's to say he didn't? Oh, let me just get in the water. You can avoid most things on land. Yep. That's something that was interesting is there was a gentleman who, uh, this is years afterward, I, I want to say it was in like the late, early 70s, mm-hmm. um, he went to go look for Michael Rockefeller, and he came across a tribe and he said that a gentleman was walking along, the, the tribe was stating that a gentleman was walking, walking along the beach, and he was picked up by, um, by tribesmen, and mm-hmm. they took him and did whatever. Whatever. Headhunters, per Head, se, because they were exactly. cannibals. They the were, cannibals. were cannibals. They and they did was, headhunt into the 70s. Exactly. It had not been outlawed yet. Right. And so they were legal, perfectly legal to do, do it. Crazy. if crazy. It, it's very crazy. Um, but if that's... It's literally like the purge. Yeah. So, everyone, but anyways, we don't want to go down that rabbit hole. But anyways, <laughs> um, good movie. It, it is. The first one. Yeah. The others, you know, but, um But anyway, if that's the case, then... Absolutely. That's how you avoid all these dangerous reptiles and right. and anything else in the jungle. Is Obviously, they're not going to put the themselves in harm's way. Exactly. So 
Yeah. And so he knew that. And I think personally that that is what makes the most sense on, you know, take a side going into the jungle. If you walk the shoreline in an area that, you know, is populated by fishermen at some point, you're going to run into a fisherman. Hello. And yeah. so I, of course I wouldn't go into the jungle when I could run into literally anything. Mm-hmm. I would walk the shoreline when knowing that I could potentially walk into right help. You're just looking for human life so that you can exactly. contact them and be like, hey, I'm not lost anymore. Help me. Right. By the way, I ditched my friend. He's 12 nautical miles yeah, out he's, there. Yeah, he's out there. Just go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah. I still so can't believe that. Let's speak on that some. So yeah. being picked up by. By help, essentially. Yeah. But looked like help. Maybe. Oh, you're talking about the, the canoe for Michael versus Renee. Yeah, okay. so where Michael's yeah. there, let's talk about, like, he yeah. might have been picked up by some headhunters. He, yes. And that one also is interesting in that, I don't know, he could have been picked up by headhunters because they, they were known to scour the area looking for other tribes to attack. Right. And there was that incident, uh, incidents that we mentioned in the first video last week about the police officer uh, who, or the, the whole group of policemen who... Uh, attacked and killed five five people. Yeah, And so they were out for revenge, which under their culture was was Eye for an eye, literally. Literally, that's how they operated. He could have been just a victim of circumstance. So previously we had stated that the um, in the late 50s, a group of uh, Dutchmen, Dutch colonizers, basically police, were out there policing. And they got into a disagreement with some of the Asmat tribes and some of the warriors. And it ended up being that they murdered, basically, five uh, of the tribesmen. So when Michael swam ashore, he was picked, like, this is a theory, that he was picked up by some headhunters being victim of a circumstance that he didn't wasn't aware of prior. I mean, this was in 61 or 62, so... Mm-hmm. Um, they were basically like, okay, well, you killed. The, the, all they knew at this point was the white man killed us. Yep. This is a white man. Let's like, kill him. Yeah, this is this is a balance. Yep. <laughs> like the scales are being weighted and we need to weight it in our favor. So the theory is that Michael was picked up and was... Disposed of. Right. He, he, and they were cannibals. So right. Like, disposal happens in different ways. Barbecue. Being, yeah. <laughs> I do like ribs, so I'm so sure, so do they. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah, so he could have been a victim just of that circumstance where, yeah, you know, they went after him. But to me, with that, I don't know. I f- I feel like these ritual killings of revenge were more public, right? Like a display. Exactly. They they made it to where you knew why you were being killed, at least in their eyes. Like if they, if they were wronged in some certain way, say another tribe attacked another tribe. Um, and then a few years later they got the original victim got revenge on Mm -hmm. the attacker. Right. They would be parading through their camp. These attacking tribesmen that they're about to eat as revenge. So you would think that they did the exact same with the Dutchman, or in this case, Michael Rockefeller, that they took him to the tribe, paraded him through, had the tribe taunt him and everything like that, and then yeah. do what they did. But there's no report of that. 
there's reports of right exactly yeah. he shrugged sorry yeah, it's a shrug. <laughs> um, virtual shrug yeah uh it, to the knowledge of anyone making documentaries there wasn't any um any indication that he was that michael rockefeller was brought into a tribe and paraded through the area right because when people would go you know specifically looking for michael rockefeller they would be like thrown into like eight different directions mm-hmm. you'd have some people be like oh yeah he was killed with head hunters they just kind of picked him up and went into the jungle and ate him yeah um then you have people who are like oh no he was you know taken in and blah 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 you know there's never any account that says yeah he was taken paraded through and then killed it's either he was mysteriously killed in the forest or in the in the jungle or not. Yeah. And it's just to me that's interesting that there's never been any definitive like I watched him die type right. thing. Right. Like we've never found well, like hearsay killers. who has this part of the story. Exactly. Which I guess is what makes <clears throat> that's this That's how conspiracies so, happen. Yeah, they, exactly. Over time they just add to it. Yeah. Everybody coming up with the reasons why. And that's the thing with all of these is I mean, I could see all of them because at the time cannibalism was legal. Yeah, they did have a practice of committing murder to revenge or to get uh, to avenge. I guess I should say um, past discretions. Mm-hmm. Sharks were in the area. Crocodiles are in the area. Snakes. All these things are in the area. Right. And then we come to a video that this guy. Um, do we have his name? Milt Macklin. Milt Macklin. He was recording this uh, group of men canoeing. And in the video is a white dude just paddling along with the group. Standing up in the canoe paddling. Standing up. And then, uh, to speak more on like how like we feel that he might have made it is I was looking into it more. Um, and it was very viable because people have actually recreated that swim. Because it's pretty, I mean, he was famous. Right. It's famous disappearance. Um, people recreated it and every single one of them were Maybe. able to do it. Yep. And there's, it's not like it's, oh, it's different circumstances. No, these people literally capsized the boat and then swam. Swam the same distance and were able to make it. I think, I think he made it. I think, personally, I think that he actually, because he had the six months of experience working with these people, that if he was even picked up by headhunters, he would still be able to speak their language and say, hey, I'm, I'm here. Just take me to your chief, and I can. Right. I'll speak my case, and right. then from that point on, he was, for all intents and purposes, no longer Michael Rockefeller. He was just one of the tribe. Exactly. And I think because of that video, I really do. If you take a modern, um, oh goodness, I don't know what their what the term would be, but anyway, you take somebody who can age somebody's picture oh yeah 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 and if you aged them because i, I want to say it was do you have a year of when he took that video so yeah so mike or sorry not mike milt macklin um give a little backstory on him he yeah. was an editor for a adventure magazine and he was very interested in the michael rockefeller disappearance um he'd actually met with uh, an undisclosed person who gave him more information about michael and saying like hey I, we've i've actually seen him like he is there um, and this was more confirmed by asthmat people saying, oh yeah, there is a white man. Mm-hmm. Um, he is here. And this is like, we don't know the name of the person who, uh, 
disclose that information to Milt. But anyways, this led, this was in uh, 1968, so he went ahead and just was, you know what, I'm going to go. And so he took off, and um, like he went and interviewed the Dutch. He yeah. interviewed the indigenous tribes people, uh, the Azmats and uh, surrounding tribes, and he was able to kind of piece it together that, you know, Michael might actually still be here because they're all still talking about him. Mm-hmm. And he um, went through the journey through the jungle and, you know, was, you know, he wrote about how difficult it was to actually get through the jungle and the amount of time it, he um, spent just getting to the locations or where they potentially sighted him. And thankfully he had a camera that he recorded hundreds of hours of footage. And that's where we get to that, um, of the tribesmen coming down a riverway and they're all like, it's a, it's a scene of like 10 or more boats, like not oh, even yeah. short boats, big long canoes that they carved out of. And the Azmat were known for their carving. That's what they do. Like they're known for gifted wood carvers, like basically just, uh, what, um, carpenters. Jeez, yeah. I couldn't think of it. Anyways. Yeah. They're renowned for that. They might not have like the most technologically advanced civilization. Like they didn't even know like the will at that point, they but they could carve, so that's what they did. So they had all these canoes coming down this big riverway, and so Milt was filming. And it just so happens to be in one of the frames for probably like 10 or more seconds. He's sitting there. All of a sudden, you just see one white man with a beard, similar build, and everything, considering the age at this point. This was in the late 60s, so yep. um, he would have been around 30, and like the guy didn't look old. so like, He just looks worn. Right. Obviously, yeah, not yeah. a ton of food, and yep. probably like every day it's a struggle to get food and water. So yeah, he's gonna be, his body's gonna be broken down into his circumstance of mm-hmm. being in that tribe. Um, but he certainly sticks out. When what's interesting too is I, there was a video I watched, and um, they were taking a tree down to get ready for a ceremony, and they stripped the tree of its bark, and. Of course, the tree on the interior was white, and then they carved it into previous, uh, you know, relatives or you know what what have you. So I'm also curious that if he if he ran a, across a group of people who have never seen a white man, period. Now, you also have to remember that the Second World War happened, and there were thousands and thousands of Marines going through Papua New Guinea and and you know all these staging areas. So for the 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 likelihood of these tribes never meeting a white person is probably very slim. But if he did end up getting lucky and seeing a new group, they may even have treated him like a because uh, I, I want to say like the wood is sacred to them. So they would have treated him right. as sacred because he's white, just like the interior of these trees. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that that's what happened. I'm just saying that it's a potential that I think people don't really bring up is that. Um, like the whole C-3PO scene in episode six, which you've never seen. Um, <laughs> bits and pieces. Bits of, okay. Um, but I mean, I, there's a, a very, however small possibility that he actually may have been seen as um, something sacred. And if that's the case, then he wouldn't have been killed. He would have just been brought yeah. into the, the tribe. Yeah, they highly renowned their trees. They would yeah. be sure to like prep it in different ways and use every piece they could. And yep. Um, different rituals too throughout it to like protect it and cast out evil spirits. Um, I was going to go back to some of what Milt, when Milt was interviewing people, you know, how we had said that, you know, he might have been just a victim of circumstance being taken out 
by the Azmat because of what the Dutch had done prior in the uh, late 50s by killing some of their people. But it's more as he continued to interview the indigenous, he learned that there wasn't a ton of evidence behind it. So he kind of ruled it out, especially with him being able to travel down the waterways through the jun- the deep, dense jungle, jungle, jungle to uh, try to figure out where he might be. With no... And, and at this point, still, I th- believe headhunting was still legal. Right. So, I mean, you have a white guy doing the exact same kind of thing as Michael Rockefeller, and he wasn't stopped and killed. Right. He, yeah, that speaks volumes to it. Yeah. So, there's even more evidence. When, so, this is when I got curious about the dad. Especially when you have somebody is... What was his, his dad's name? Was Norman? Norman Rockefeller. Uh the governor of New York, Nelson Nelson, Nelson Rockefeller. Rockefeller. Uh, yes, he is. He was the, the governor, governor of New York. He was also a future vice president to Gerald Ford. Yep. In yep. Uh, the seventies. Um, but I'm always curious as to like what role, if any, do families have? Because while the indigenous people in Papua New Guinea don't know, probably know who he is, I'm sure nah, the yeah, crew no did, and I'm sure Renee knew. And it ends up that the dad, and again, this could be completely separate. However, at the uh, roughly the same time period, so in, in 1954, he was tasked with creating uh, the Operations Con- Coordinating Board, which was a committee from the National Security Office. And essentially what it was was a tag team with uh, the Central Intelligence Agency and, um, again, the National Security Advisors and the group, the Operating Coordinating Board. And they would essentially decide covert and overt operations. Oh, wow. Okay. So, like, this group, hands down, probably was aware of um, the Bay of Pigs. They probably were aware of, especially in the 50s, because 54 was considered to be the unofficial start of the Vietnam War. And I fully expect they knew about what was going to happen eventually in Vietnam. Right. Because the French were quickly losing their their uh, grip on it. Anyway, so he was instrumental in central intelligence type, the you know, CIA covert right, entities. Right. And that was all during the period of his son's disappearance. This was also on top of him being governor. So right. while he was governor, which is the public view, mm-hmm. privately he was in charge of basically coordinating covert operations for the United States government. Right. And he and a few other men were a part of this board. And so, again, it, questions arise. Was Michael Rockefeller actually baited to this ship and it the ship was scuttled to kind of coerce the dad into not doing something. Oh, and wow. basically say, hey, you know, we have your son. I highly suggest you not pursue this certain thing. Now, of course, with it being classified, I don't know if that's even a thing. I don't even know. It just happens to be that the dad is in charge of coordinating covert operations. Um, but again, it's. I think it's ironic that 
you have a ship who apparently was crewed by two uh, very well and skilled pilots of naval vessels and these two um, asthmat, you know, teens. They were teens, but they were still asthmat. They knew they what knew they what were doing. doing. Yeah. And it capsizes. They leave long enough for Michael to decide to, decide leave. to leave. Yep. Renee magically s- decides to not, not go, go with his friend. And I don't stay. think Renee was as capable, though. He might not have been, and that's Seeing that's the video certainly... of him talking about, like, you know, trying to get Michael to stay is like, yeah, I can see why you didn't leave. <laughs> you might <laughs> well, not have made it. And that's part, yeah, I'm, I'm sure that's that's the case. Um, I just think it's odd that as soon as Michael leaves, help arrives. Um, I mean, I, I can't help but wonder how much of a role that his dad's position hold played into it yeah yeah exactly because like it seemed like in some of the videos and articles like why didn't he do more but he might not have been able to or he was and it was just covertly yeah under the scenes right because he wanted to show everybody his full potential (laughs) exactly and i mean we knew we had mapped papua new guinea during the second world war we knew every mountain range you know we knew even if it wasn't fully charted per se, like on the ground, we had people there, like my grandfather in in um, World War Two. No, my great grandfather in World War Two um, was an oil prospector who was in Papua New Guinea. So, like, we had people there, and we were aware of the topography of Papua New Guinea. So, if they wanted to perform a rescue mission, then who's to say? And all you had to do is just hide a couple special forces guys in a, re- a you know a, a rescue helicopter that you've hired with your your daughter who's also the twin of the person you're looking for yeah then you can potentially coordinate something well i mean that it very may well come out that this was one of the greatest failed rescue attempts in you know covert history yeah but i mean uh, it's all hearsay. Right. I have no idea if that's another actually conspiracy. Another Our consp- own conspiracy theory. That's right. I, I fully, it. fully expect that he was aware of what Granddaddy was doing. Maybe because there was a gentleman who who came out and said um, just a few weeks ago, probably last month or the month before, um, that Granddaddy's name was well known within a certain organization that shall remain nameless. Until we, until, uh, yeah, until we get to it. Until we get to it. And there were, he, he specifically said there were men who had been in the agency for, since the 50s, who know his name. And this was created in 54. Things tied so, together I mean, for a reason. It's very strange. <laughs> At the very least, it's very strange that Michael Rockefeller, or uh, Nelson Rockefeller, was tasked, I mean, you're already the governor. Right. What, what, what do you why? need to do? Yeah, with all these missions, exactly. And that what's crazy is that <clears throat> this wasn't just the only, or this only. I guess it's just a big port too. You know, a lot of people, a lot of uh, immigrants come in through New York. So at that yeah, time, but I mean, like, I still, what in your background gave you the ability to coordinate all of the covert and overt? It wasn't just covert stuff. It was even stuff we were doing on the table, right? It probably speaks to some of the family wealth, how the yeah. nation probably needed some of that to... That's true. ...to build our um, forces. Yep. So that might be why they were privy to the information or... When, and 
status I mean, and position because of their wealth and were able to provide services. Um, but I wanted to throw an interesting, a uh, fun fact about the film of Michael Rockefeller. So Milt had all all those hours and hours of film. It was actually uncovered in 2008 by Fraser Heston. He went through the film and noticed, like, because he was going to do a documentary on Michael and his disappearance, and he no- that's that was a guy who orig- originally noticed it. I guess Milton noticed it too um, back then as well, but it didn't really come to light until 2008 um, when Fraser Heston was going through all the reels and noticed it, and pulled it out because he was making the documentary. And Fraser Heston is the son of Charlton Heston, who was a famous actor in the 50s. Who I, I haven't seen it, but in the original Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. three hours and 40 minutes. He's his dad plays Moses. Moses. Yep. So fun fact there. Pretty neat to uh, find that out whenever I was looking up. They're like, Fraser Heston, son of Charles Heston. So I looked it all up. I was like, what in the world? Mm-hmm. And those are those classic old black and white movies. Literally, like, all those movies are like three hours plus. That one was 340. Um, oh, yeah. But yeah, pretty cool little interesting fact there. Yeah, and it's it's weird. I, so I, I just looked up the Bay of Pigs and... That happened in April of 61. So, April went, of 61. He went missing in November. He went missing in November. Yeah. Was that punishment for not doing the Bay of Pigs correctly? Like, was that... I'm not a military buff, but... <laughs> I, I doubt it. I, right. I seriously doubt it. Yeah. But, I mean, these There's just so much that goes on. There's just so much that goes on. I mean, the, not... Especially in if, that region where it's, it's like... That, how are they not all? It's it's a definitely a dot to prove a point somewhere else. I wouldn't doubt that, right? And so some of those do link together. Yeah, it's I just, think that's safe to say. Yeah, I agree. I th- I think that there's and that's the one of the problems of just not knowing is your mind starts going into right. places that make no sense. We're gonna sit staring at the the ceiling tonight in our beds, be like. Is Michael still alive? Freaking Nelson <laughs> had to be covert, right? But yeah, no, I, I don't know. It's it's a very weird, uh, will weird circumstance that he just happened to be on a boat. And and what I find interesting is what were they doing? Because he said that originally the the mission was to get wood carvings um, from a tribe and and bring it back to the base where they were located at. Mm-hmm. Why are you 12 nautical miles out? If you're trying to get wood carvings from a indigenous tribe in Papua New Guinea, just skirt the shoreline. Yeah. I'm not, I don't know. Maybe the gap was, maybe the yeah. shoreline went in inward inland too far to really make the distance when it's like, Oh, let's just cut through. Like it's a cove or, or not a cove, but like a cut out of the, the Island. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. But like they just decided to go from one point to the other. Yeah. Well, let's take a show break for our weekly interesting fact. All right. For my interesting fact, today, May 3rd, 1971, James Earl Ray, who was Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassin, uh, was caught in a jailbreak attempt. Before or after the assassination? I believe it was after, because this was 71. Okay. That's interesting. What a loser. 
already committed a horrible crime and then tries to freaking leave. So that's another thing. I mean, what a punk. You look at the at the ballistics and stuff cuz it said that he was across the street, right? Across the street in another apartment building. I'm not too familiar. Maybe we'll cover it. Ooh. Maybe there's something to it. All right, Jake, what fact do you have? So in 1952, the first landing by an airplane at Geographic North Pole occurred. <gasps> Santa. Santa. Went by plane, not a sleigh. I wonder what plane. Maybe it was a sleigh. Yeah, we'll go with the sleigh. All right, let's go back. <laughs> All right, I have one last little theory. Go for it. So, this one was pretty decently recent, within the 21st century. So, in 2014, mm. a man by the name of Carl Hoffman um, was investigating and writing pieces on Michael's disappearance, went to New Guinea, and started digging through the Dutch archives. So, kind of getting an idea of like where he might have been, what locals have seen, what the police have seen, anything like that. Um because, you know, people still suspected him of being alive after even though they pronounced it. Because I think in 1964 they legally pronounced him dead. Yes. Uh, but obviously Milt went afterwards in 67, 68. Um, you know, people were still saying, yeah, no, we've seen him. Um, we have the footage as well. Um, but <clears throat> what he actually found out by digging through the archives that the Dutch had really suppressed the information of Michael's disappearance getting out. Mm-hmm. They did. They were scared that it was going to be uh, an issue because they were losing grip of the island and they were right. trying to politically navigate. Yeah, so that. they were they were uh, actually transitioning to Indonesia controlling New Guinea. So they wanted to present it as, as best as they could as without any major controversies or, yeah, I guess that's the right word, uh, going on that like behind his disappearance or in fact to them just being in control of the island for the many years beforehand. So what he was able to uncover was, yes, they were actively suppressing information around his disappearance because he wanted to present that. No, no. Yeah. He, he's gone. Like there's nothing else around it. Nothing happened here. No one was eaten. Our animals are kind. Yeah. Um, that was a too far of a swim. You know, he just, he, he, uh, he wasn't able to make it. Um, and another reason, too, was because they wanted to show that the Dutch were tasked with, like, showing that these people who weren't, like, they weren't just animals. They wanted to show Barbie. that they had cultured them yeah. and were able to actually make them, pro like, producers of society um, and give a good image that they had, like, rehabilitated the people, that they were able to construct, like, you know, economics into them, uh Different, all kinds of things are going to different, different, different graphics, uh, demographics. Um, so that was the, the last theory I found was that they suppressed mm. it because they wanted to show off that all their work for the years that they had controlled was for a good reason. Nothing mm -hmm. happened. These people don't eat people anymore. None of that happened. We didn't kill anybody. There wouldn't be any reason for that to happen. So I found that pretty, pretty wild that a country would basically lie, but hello. I wonder if Nelson knew. Probably. If was, yeah, if he was in charge of Probably. That, that organization, I wonder if... Right. And I wonder if they knew that he knew and they were scared of him. Right. Because, I mean, we'd already 
I mean, we already invaded Cuba. Yeah. If not, I mean, we didn't have a very large invasion force, but it was still technically an invasion. Right. I'm not saying that we would have gone to war with the Dutch, but <laughs> it it's interesting that that's... And, and I, I heard that, too, that it, the reason why is because they wanted to make it more appealing and attractive for other countries to come in and say and claim territory right um and if effectively they were going to sell their um their territories out to the highest bidder right um and none of that goes out of the realm of possibilities because each nation even today we can see it they hide information to show off that the they want to show the good picture of our country like that. The greatest example is North Korea. They oh, yeah. literally say, "Oh yeah, well we all know the place is crazy and the poor people are suffering from." They don't, and yeah, they don't think they are. They think it's amazing. Yeah, but the the footage that has come out from there, it's like street corners with like that. There will be shops that show that there's food in there, and you get up closer, it's just plywood painted to look like food. And yeah, yeah they have they don't have any programming. Like, oh yeah, we're all happy. We're all like, we love being in the military. We have all this culture here. All this. You know, they put on big shows and everything. It's like we're literally watching a massive lie go on. And those people, since everything's suppressed to them, they don't even, they're not able to get any type of information out. Yep. They have no idea. And I mean, that's why propaganda is just such a big issue is that you have enough people being sold a lie that eventually it's going to catch on. Right. I'm curious how much time did valuable time and uh, potential information did the research or um well i guess yeah research and then the search party um how much did they lose because of an uh, unwilling host that mm. the dutch was actively lying to these people when in reality they could have just been up front they do the answer all along yeah exactly they knew that you know that and there's from a lot of sources are saying that there could potentially be a, an answer the Dutch have to this, but they just have yet to come out and say it. So, I mean, like, how much time are we have we lost because of that? Decades and, at this point. I mean, yeah, at this point. I mean, all the family's gone. I've, I want to say that there was that the sister recently passed. Here, what was her name? Do you remember? I do not. <laughs> Let me see if I if she's. Even, but she did write a memoir about him. Um, you know that her parents really tried, and um, they we forgot to mention. Um, you know they had paid. Uh, we briefly mentioned it last episode that they did pay an investigator two hundred fifty thousand dollars to go and look, and he apparently found uh, human skulls and traded a boat engine, and he had to smuggle it back to America to show them. But we don't know whatever came of those findings from the skulls. I mean, obviously they had them analyzed and looked after by medical professionals, but yeah, they paid a pretty sum just to, and they, and they did get three of them. Yeah. They were, he was able to smuggle three back, but yeah, she died in 99. Okay. Um, Yeah. And to me, I think those skulls were just another smoke screen. Yeah. That it was just another, Another thing to throw investigators off the trail and, and mm-hmm. a potential, oh, well, problem solved. I mean, we have the skulls. That's enough. Um, I mean, that's a potential topic with the whole bunker deal in 1945 uh, with Hitler and the skulls that the Russians found. I mean, it's the same thing. Once you get a human fragment, if you don't DNA or if you don't uh, dental you know, records or anything like that, 
I don't know if you're just giving me some random person you just yeah you know knocked or you found some ancient site that dug has up skulls. a barrel site and yeah. just there take these when it's I mean it's how many mass graves are there that are just hidden in the jungle that you could be pulling all these people from until you test it then we don't know and of course now the three skulls are probably gone. Oh, for sure, probably. So there's no <clears throat> answers we're going to get from that. I don't think they're on display at the museums yeah. for his parents. <laughs> um, but yeah, some interesting thoughts. Yeah. So this is the end of our famously forgotten first installment of Michael Rockefeller. Boom. Um, did he make it? Did he get eaten? Were there big saltwater crocodiles? Were there hammerheads just hammering away on his body? Um, did he get picked up by the indigenous Azmat as being a victim of circumstance? Was he brought into their society and lived among them, learned their ways? Or did the Dutch just cover it all up because they wanted to swap hands with Indonesia? Who knows? Yeah. That's why we're here to raise the question and have you listen to maybe. Have one of you figured it out. And yeah. We can claim credit. Let us know. I mean, yeah, let us know. Yeah. We're one of the red dots on your poster board while you're connecting them all. But yeah, hope you guys have enjoyed it. It's been a fun one. I really like this series. And we're going to plenty more to go. Oh, yeah. Um, it's quite a few. But as always, check out our socials, Instagram and Twitter, Two Dads at Night. Night is spelled N-I-T-E. You can send us uh, topic suggestions or listener mail or hate mail to Two Dads at Night at gmail.com. It's the number two, dads, at night at gmail.com. But for me, I'm Caleb. Have a great night. Yeah. Bye.